turbulence in the hallway. Oh no, I'm going down. Fortunately, a wall saves me. You know what? Thank God for walls. Whoever put them in this hallway had a lot of foresight. Whoever invented them was a freaking... I slip inside a bathroom and splash water on my face. That's better. I head for my office. The light is on in Lyle's room, so I stop by. There he is, surrounded by piles of paper and greasy takeout containers, banging away at his laptop, looking all sweaty, pale, and infarcted. Lyle and I work on the same litigation team, for the same partner. I'm in my second year at the firm, he's in his fifth. You could say we're friendly rivals, kindred spirits, just super, super close. Go fuck yourself, he says. I drop into a chair. What's up, Mighty Mouse? He sighs heavily. How many times have I asked you not to call me that? Eleven. What's going on around here? It's after midnight. The plaintiffs in the Lucas case filed a motion for a preliminary injunction. He's still typing furiously. We have 48 hours to respond. Can you help? I flick a piece of sparkly club confetti stuck to my dress. Afraid not. Lyle reads through what he's typed, hits return, hits it harder, shouts, fuck. God, at the screen, hits return really hard, exhales, cracks his neck, and turns to me. She cannot help. He's doing his annoying third-person zombie monotone thing. Why is she here? Pesky confetti. I flick at it again. Because Philip texted her. Lyle frowns. He's here? Apparently, we won. Philip doesn't know how to text. I shrug. Maybe his secretary taught him. Betty's 90. Why did he text you? Lyle is troubled. Lyle wonders why the partner did not text him. Lyle fears he is out of the loop. He picks up a pen and grips it tightly. There is so much love in your eyes right now, Lyle. I hold a hand to my heart. I can hardly stand it. For a second, I think he's going to lunge across the desk and stab me in the eye, but he manages to rein it in. Out, he says, pointing at the door with the pen. Now. I walk up two flights to the 45th floor, where the partners have their offices. The lighting is dim and expensive, the carpeting plush. Even the air smells better up here, crisp and fresh, like it was just imported from the Alps, which, who knows, I stroll the hallway, admiring the expensive art and framed artifacts from the firm's glorious past. Sepia-tinted photographs of the founding partners, thank-you notes from robber barons and titans of industry, a letter from Theodore Roosevelt bitching about his bill. Philip is reading a brief, feet up on his desk. I pause in the doorway. I oh-so-casually lean against the doorframe. I kind of miss, so I knock and say, Yes, Matha? He glances at me over his reading glasses. Wilder, come in. He's wearing a tuxedo. I just came from a charity function, he explains. Whoa, I hold up my hands. Hey, a charity function. Let's not get so specific, okay? He regards me silently for a moment, then returns to his reading. I perch on the edge of one of his wing chairs and wait. It's a nice tuxedo. I shift my attention to his desk. It is massive, baroque, intimidating. I get completely lost in its swirls and whirls and ornate floral motifs. I wonder who carved them. 
orphans, probably, 18th century French orphans. I picture them toiling away at the workhouse, their tiny, chapped hands trembling in the cold winds sweeping across the plains of wherever, someplace French, fumbling for their woodworking tools, dropping them, lopping off a finger here, a toe there, tearing strips of lace off their smocks to make chic little tourniquets, then getting back down to business. I start to ask Philip about them. I think better of it. I fold my hands in my lap. My dress is riding up, way up, red zone. I tug at the hem. Something rips. Philip tosses the brief on his desk. So, he says, you're getting married. Yuppers! I give him two dorky thumbs up. Why? And why am I here? I really shouldn't be. We're flying down to Key West tomorrow. He smiles. Congratulations. Thank you. We need you to cancel it.